Well, good morning, Experience. Oh, you guys are so sweet. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. <laughs> well, good morning. We're so, I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. If you don't know, I'm Kim, and this is my husband, Joy, who is standing right there. And we get the privilege um, to serve as your worship and creative arts pastors. And uh, you probably know our kids. They love serving here, too. Um, and it's just... It's been a blessing for our family to have experience as our home. So I also want to thank, uh, even though they're not here, PM and Gail, uh, they're going to be here next week, and um, thank them for the opportunity to bring the word today, and Pastor Mark. And um, So last week, if you remember, it was Youth Takeover Sunday. How fun was that? That was really fun. Um, but if you remember, uh, Pastors Austin and Mercy, our youth pastors, were up here, and they were teaching about um, an Old Testament story, Joshua and the Walls of Jericho. You probably maybe know, some of you know that song from when you were little. And he was talking about how you need to keep on walking around that seventh lap, that you, you just might not know if you're in that seventh lap, so don't give up. And, uh, and you will receive the promises of God if you continue in that. So today, I just felt moved to teach on what does it look like to keep on walking. And I want to give you a few tools, and I think I've done it in a way you're going to remember. <laughs> um, because I want you to walk in faith in your life. And, um, and what I've learned here today... I have lived out, and you're going to see that, but it's only by God's grace, and I have to continue to remind myself again and again to keep on walking in faith. So let's read the words of Paul. While we live in this earthly tent, we groan with a feeling of oppression. It is not that we want to get rid of our earthly body, but we want to have a heavenly one put on over us so that what is mortal will be transformed by life. God is the one who has prepared us for this change. He has given us his spirit spirit as the guarantee of all that he has in store for us. So we are always full of courage. We know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord's home. For our life is a matter of faith, not by sight. We are full of courage, and we would much prefer to leave our home in the body and be at home with the Lord more than anything else. However, we want to please him, whether in our home here or there, for we must all appear before Christ to be judged by him. We will each receive what we deserve according to everything we have done, good or bad, in our bodily life. Would you pray with me? Jesus, in these next few moments, teach us how to please you. Show us what it means to walk by faith. Even as we struggle in this life, give us a vision of heaven that outweighs our current circumstances. Guide us with your spirit, Jesus. Amen. Fifteen years ago, God called Joy and I to take a massive step of faith. At the time, we were serving in a ministry on the outskirts of Chicago. And in one afternoon, in the same hour, in the same words, the Holy Spirit spoke to us. And God said, get things ready to go. I'm moving you out. 
So we took a year to get the ministry ready for us to leave. We really didn't tell anyone what the Lord had spoken in our hearts. And we kept asking God, where do we go? When do we go? And we never got an answer. And about a year later, the only answer that we got was it's time to go. We still didn't know where. But we had a conviction, a burning conviction in our hearts that this is what we were supposed to do. So we sold our town home, the only home we've ever owned. We sold it. We made zero money off of it. We sold our brand new car. I sold 90% of our furniture. We put all of our personal things in storage. We packed up suitcases and we put them in the van. And we had people coming over to our house saying how irresponsible you guys are to quit a job. You have kids. They're five, four, and two. How, how can you be doing this with your family? But we knew that we knew that we knew that this is what God said to do. And so the day came where we loaded up those suitcases. We put those three kids in their three car seats. That same old van that you used to see us pulling up in. <laughs> That's the same van. And we got on the road from Chicago and we kept on driving. And we drove and we drove and we drove till you can drive no further. And we ended up in South Florida. Um, and we're like, God, like, what, what are we doing? But we just kept driving. And through a family circumstance, there was a house there in the Fort Myers area that we could stay in. So we stayed there. We knew one single person in that town of Naples, Florida. And I want to tell you today, especially being in the city of San Francisco, you might know only one person, but that one person can lead you to your next step of faith. So that one person had a daughter about Bella's age, and it was her birthday party that week. She invited us to that party, and we're sitting there in Florida going, God, what are we doing in Florida? We're dripping in sweat. I'm eating Publix birthday cake. <laughs> you got to be from the South to know that. <laughs> and this woman was there, and she told us about a new church plant that she was a part of and how they needed a worship pastor. And so from that one conversation, we stayed in Florida for six years. We were a part of that church plant. We saw it go from their second Sunday of 30 people to over 1,000 people. And we were a part of college ministries and young adult ministries. And it was just an incredible step of faith that God called us to take. But let me tell you, it was so scary. So look back here at verse 7. For our life is a matter of faith, not by sight. You probably know it by some other versions that say it this way. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Say it with me, church. For we walk by faith not by sight. So I want to give you five ways today that you can walk by faith and not by sight. So write this down. It's in your worship guide and your notes. Number one, walking by faith requires feet that move. Faith is a journey you must choose to walk. It's a full life, fully engaging activity. In fact, some of you probably know walking is the single most effective activity that you can do. 
It improves your mood, it lowers your stress, it reduces chronic disease, and it produces belief that you can accomplish goals. When was the last time you guys skipped the Uber and walked up some of those hills? <laughs> There's a Stanford study a couple years ago that shows that walking in nature awakens divergent thinking. When your faith is in motion, the possibilities expand. Hebrews 10 says this, but my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. Have you heard of the law of atrophy? It's anything in motion, not in motion is dying. So do you feel like you're dying today? Let me tell you, it's because your faith is not in motion. Faith is only faith when it's in motion. And if we, f if we don't find ourselves in motion, then we're not standing still. We're shrinking back. And when we shrink back, the journey and the road ahead gets dim, gets askew, and we can't find our way. So it's better for you to take small steps of faith forward than none at all. And let me tell you this, I have found walking by faith is the most powerful force that ignites breakthroughs in your life that you long to see. Walking by faith is the breeding ground for miracles. Some of you long to see God move in your life. You long for miracles to happen. You want to tell those stories too, but you have not taken the step of faith to position yourself in the place to receive the miracles of God. And if we had not done that back in Florida, taking that step of faith, there is miracle after miracle after miracle that we would have never experienced in our life. All right, number two. So the first one is feet that take steps. The second one is legs that are strong. Weak legs will not take you anywhere. The walk of faith has challenges. There's rocks, there's crevices, there's steep cliffs, there's narrow passages, and those things are intended to strengthen your legs. James instructs us this way, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and needing nothing. Wait, what? Like, what, James? My troubles are supposed to be a cause for great joy? When have you ever thought of a test as, oh, I'm so excited to take this exam? <laughs> Never. We don't think that way. Trials are like leg day. <laughs> you hate it. <laughs> and after leg day, what is life like? It's so hard to move around. You are squatting like an old lady <laughs> just to get up out of your seat. But you cannot skip working your legs out because it improves every single muscle in the rest of your body. And when those muscles get ripped when you're working out and they repair themselves, what happens is you become stronger and you are faster and you are full of more power. 
The Passion Translation says James like this, when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. Sometimes I think joy comes after the trial. When I look back, hindsight, 2020, I can see how God was working all along the way. Remember that person you were madly in love with 10 years ago? And then you click on Facebook and they're still trying to become a rapper? Like, (laughs) thank God that you didn't marry them, right? Hindsight is 2020. (laughs) That which presents itself with the most resistance has the opportunity for the greatest joy. And just because I walk through life with Mr. Joy Sacking <laughs> doesn't mean I find it easy to have or possess joy. Being in ministry and being a pastor doesn't make you automatic, like, perfect Christian life. I'm full of joy always. <laughs> that is so not true. And right now, I actually find myself in a place where it's really hard to find joy. After 20 years of working in ministry and raising my kids who are almost all grown up. (laughs) I feel that the next step of faith that I need to take is a job in tech. I feel like God's calling me into the city and there's a position waiting for me to bring my experience, uh, my wisdom, (laughs) being over 40, (laughs) and to be a light for Christ. And you know what? It's been 10 months of rewriting my resume, of submitting it, of meeting people that I don't even know for coffee, of sending those cold call emails through LinkedIn, those messages like, oh, you look important, see if you'll notice me, of going to workshops, of like taking all these classes online, reading all these books to get myself ready, and it's been 10 months and nothing. I get the interview, and then they cancel it. I get the interview, and then they cancel it. And you know what? It's really hard to find joy in that because we know that we know that God has called us to the city of San Francisco and to those people there. But we've exhausted all of our resources. Every family needs two solid incomes to survive here. But I know because of past experiences how to lay hold of who God is, that he is faithful that his timing is perfect, that he hasn't forgotten me and my family, and that his perfect plan is waiting. Every setback is a setup for his glory. All right, the third one. Walking by faith requires arms locked with others. Independence is a weakness on the journey of faith. (laughs) independence is a weakness on the journey of faith you were designed for community you were designed for family you were designed to do life together and you can't do that if you're paving your own path and you're going your own way you need to lock arms with people on this journey of faith, and that's how you will be successful. It's not a, hey, high five, 
on the journey. It's not a, I'm here, I'm dipping in, and I'm dipping out, and I'm doing my own thing. But it's locking arms and commitment. Paul explains it this way. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So before Joy and I were married, we made a commitment. We made a commitment to center our lives around Jesus and his church. We knew that we wouldn't succeed at having a healthy marriage and raising healthy kids if we did not root and plant ourselves in the local church. And so we decided that that goes on our calendar first. Oh, the church has something going on. We write that down first. And every single thing in the rest of our lives is planned around church. <laughs> I know it stings a little, but this is what Paul says. You don't neglect our meeting together because he knows you won't be successful. You've got to be luck and step with the people around you. And if we are going to go into the city of San Francisco in the next few months, and we are going to make a profound impact, and we are going to see hundreds and hundreds of people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, we have got to be locked in with community together. It's not a sometimes option. It's not, oh, I'm going up to Tahoe 10 times a year. It's, I'm at church, and I'm rooted in this community. You will not reach the destination that God has for you without locking into community. Whew, okay. <laughs> so do you see where I'm going with this? Feet, legs, arms, and now it's heart. Walking by faith requires a heart of hope. Hope is the fuel for walking by faith. It's the undergirding conviction and confidence that motivates us to keep taking step after step. Hebrews 11 says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. It's impossible to walk in faith without hope, confidence, and assurance. We have a class here at Experience called Lead Point One and Lead Point Two. And in the second one, there's a book that's required reading called The Hope Quotient. And I want you to take a look at this quote from it. Why are some people more effective than other people? Why do some enjoy life while others en endure life? Why do some soar while others sink? In short, why are some people just personally, emotionally, and relationally in better shape? Let me give you the whole book in one sentence. Although, if you're in that class, you better read the book. Th thriving people thrive for one reason. They commit to things that produce inner strength and hope. So if you feel weary today, you need hope. And the best way to produce inner hope is to read the promises of God. I guarantee you that if you're lacking hope, you're not reading the word of God. It's, it's so impossible, you guys. It's impossible to not be full of hope if you're in the Word of God. 
One of my favorite promises is in Isaiah 40. I'm sure you've heard it too. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Okay, here's the last one. Walking by faith requires eyes focused on the light. What we see determines the direction of our destination. I'll say that again. What we see, what we're focused on, what we're looking at is going to determine the direction of our destination. And our eyes need to be on Jesus. Jesus told us himself in John 8, He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Walking by faith means that we're walking and we're looking with our spiritual eyes, not with our physical eyes. Every attack that's happening in your life right now is the enemy distracting you and trying to stop you from taking a step of faith. Every challenge you're facing that God is intending to strengthen you, the enemy will use to try and weaken you. The greatest weapon that you have against the darkness is keeping your eyes on Jesus. You guys, hope is your weapon against confusion disorientation, fear, anxiety, doubt, depression. Hope is your weapon, and it's yours to lay hold of if you just go to his word. So when the kids were little, (laughs) sorry, here's the story, kids. But when the kids were little, I would hear this rising up out of the playroom or out of their bedroom, like, all the time. Mom, (laughs) where is the gun to my Power Ranger? I can't find it. (laughs) Mom, where's the shoes to my Polly Pocket? They're not anywhere. I know the boys took it. (laughs) Right, moms? You just hear that they're always looking for something, and it's so urgent and desperate and right now. And I knew in my mind, because moms just know where everything is all the time. I knew where it was, and I was like, boy, (laughs) it's right in front of you. And so there's this joke in our family, and we would say, (laughs) look with your eyes and not your mouth. And don't we do that too? We're wondering, where do we go and what's next? And God, give me an answer and show me the way. And we're talking and we're talking and we're talking and we're posting on Facebook about all of our issues and we're calling our girlfriends and we're just like, and God's saying, look with your eyes and not with your mouth. You're talking about it isn't going to solve the issue. All you need to do is look to me. Looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Walk by faith, not by sight. Walk by faith, 
not by sight. Walk by sight, not by faith. Walk by my feelings, not by faith. Walk by my current mood, not by faith. Walk by my opinion, not by faith. Walk by what my friends think, not by faith. Walk by, by my likes on Instagram, not by faith. Walk by what my bank account says, not by faith. Walk by my talents and my good looks, not by faith. Walk by my title at work, and not by faith. Walk by what the government is doing, not by faith. Walk by my relationship status, and not by faith. Walk by my past, and not by faith. Church, what are you walking by instead of faith? Walking requires feet that move, so is there a step of faith that God is asking you to take? Walking by faith requires our legs to get strong, so is there a test that you need to turn into joy? Walking by faith requires a heart of hope, so where are you allowing doubt to creep in? Walking by faith requires our eyes to be focused on Jesus. What do you need to choose to stop being distracted by so you can focus on Jesus? So I know that the Spirit of God has dropped something in your heart. Maybe one little thing or two little things, but it's sitting there. And we're going to sing this song again that we just sang before the message. And during this song, I want you to maybe move your feet a little, saying, God, I'm going to take those steps of faith. And whatever it is he planted in your heart, I want you to give it to him and say, it's yours. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put my hope in you. So would you stand with me now? And would we respond to what God said by worshiping him?